welcome to Dr. Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth in climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Darren Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters Caster, Dragon Rider, and Major Death. Got a lot to get through this week, so let's go ahead and just hop into last week's poll question. Mage, what did we have last week? All right, last week's poll question, easy for me to say. We talked about the new game mode, Hearthstone Mercenaries. We asked you, how have you felt about playing Hearthstone Mercenaries so far? We had 37 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with 48.6% of the vote, you said it is better than you expected. So almost half of you said that. 32.4 said about the, about what you expected, and only 18.9%, about one in five of you, said that it wasn't uh, wasn't as good as you had, had hoped. So pretty good. I, I'm curious if those numbers had cha- have changed at all now that we're you know a full week out since since the launch as we're recording this. Uh, it's uh i've definitely been playing a lot i'm sure i'm sure dragon rider i'm sure you have definitely uh i've been watching some of it on stream and uh daring i know you you got some more work in in with that though it doesn't sound like you're quite as into it now as you as as maybe you were yeah i'm not but that's okay like I'm glad I'm glad everyone else is enjoying it because this is just another way to enjoy the game in the client. So right, like awesome. Right. Yeah, I, I I know um friend of ours, Forrest Bates, was saying he wasn't real real into it right away. And it's it's perfectly fine if you are not. And and I like I mentioned to him, I it took me a very long time to come around on battlegrounds, and and now I'm I've come around on that, and so you know it's possible down the road it could happen, but it also is just fine if it doesn't. I mean, you don't have to love every single game mode that's that's available in the game client. I'm looking at you duels, and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I kid those that actually like duels, but you know that that's that's the thing is. We've got lots of different ways that we could play the game, and you don't have to like every single one. Exactly, and there's <laughs> everything's a little different, and that's cool if you like it. If it's cool, if you don't, so like, right. I'm just happy that there's more ways to play the game. Hmm. Okay, so let's move into news. Hotfix to twenty one point four point three rolled out to fix external legend rank bug and casual quest bug, among others. Hotfix corrected the following issues for Constructed, fixed a bug uh, affecting Ranked Legend external ratings. Internal ratings were not affected by the bug. Fixed a bug caused uh, causing daily and weekly quests to be unavailable to be completed in casual mode. And it fixed a bug preventing the Blood Sail deckhand, deckhand discount from carrying over after Celestial Alignment was played. Now, if you play Blood Sail Deckhand and either uh, either player plays Celestial Alignment, the first weapon you uh, play will cost zero. So uh, here's a question. Um, I I was playing uh, some Librum Paladin last week, and Celestial Alignment will, like, my my Librums cost one after 
after celestial alignment? Does that is that how it's supposed to function? Yeah, all all the cards that are in your hand or deck become one. So if you had a a cost reduction thing again after they celestial alignment, they would all be zero. Yeah, but the, that's what throws me off. It's not like um, it's not um, the like the Forgeborn or the um, the like uh, Encantress flow. Where it says it says all your Librams cost one or two less. So like to me, that's always. I guess apparently I'm wrong, but to me, I assumed it, it, it used to work like that because I played some Celestial Druid at one point in time. And like I played it against a uh, paladin, and they played double wisdom or Librem of hope, and you know, in in retaliation to that. So I'm like, I thought that's how that was supposed it, to work, but every every time I've I guess seen it, like I think about like the Librem of hope, it 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 becomes one mana post celestial alignment, and and doesn't get any cost reduction that may have been applied to it before the celestial alignment. And yeah. It's it's weird that like they're saying like but blood sale deckhand is a cost adjustment that would have occurred before the celestial alignment, but it's it it is different insofar as it's like it's not actually applied to a card. It's applied to a card type. In this case, a weapon. And and it's and so maybe that's the difference in this case. Yeah, because the, what what throws me off is because how Librum or you know the outdoor peacekeeper and the outdoor attendant are worded. They they say you know your Librums cost one less, whereas like um, you know. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Encanter's Flow says spells in your deck cost one less. I'm like, okay, so like, as soon as that hits, that overwrites it. But like, you don't your your Librum still costs nine. There's just a discount on it. You know what I mean? Like your your Librum of Hope still costs nine, but you apply the discount to it, and it costs three if you have everything out. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I ha I guess I can't say that I played uh you know spell mage against celestial druid but I would think all your spells would cost one post celestial alignment Correct. and then if you were able to encanter's flow then your entire deck would be free I mean that doesn't really much matter <laughs> Believe right. me, I, I played that matchup yeah. enough <laughs> I think I've won it like twice and the one of the ways I won it was by playing um uh deck of lunacy and then top decking uh soul mirror after they after the druid went off so like <laughs> mm. I was like that's that's why uh uh soul mirror is the best card in that matchup <laughs> you know, there you go I I feel like in terms of the, like the worded you know, things the way things are worded, it could prop like we could probably do a whole main topic on that and like different interactions and stuff, and we kind of have. But it's just it's one of those things where I I definitely see what you're saying with the Librams, and I also feel like that is how it should work. But it's just like 
it's so weird. A lot of the interactions or the way things are worded, we feel like they should work on a certain way. And sometimes they don't and it's intended. And then it's like, we're not supposed to figure that out, I guess, until we play it and actually see it. And then that's how we find out. But it's just one of those really weird things. It is real. But... What, what, why I'm really weirded out by it was because, like I said, I saw it happen how I expected it to, to happen in the past. But, like, it's not happening anymore. So I'm like, is that a bug? Or, or is how it's working now the bug? Because one of those two <laughs> have to be the bug, right? It can't be intended to work both ways. So, like... Was it bugged before or is it bugged now? I that's where that's why I'm so fascinated. I I actually feel like it is intended to work two different ways depending on the type of card you're talking about. And like as for instance the difference between how blood sale the the blood sale card works versus the versus the librams. So it you know I I'm I don't know for certain, but it does sort of appear to me like that it it is supposed to work two different ways. Because there's definitely cards that, like, you're... Well, even, like, the some of the Anaconda stuff in that, it, it's all the stuff goes to one and then she reduces it down to, to zero and stuff. And so I, I feel like... I feel like the if the card is in your deck or hand it gets applied that one overriding any sort of discounts you may have had and then there are certain kind of perpetual sort of discount type scenarios where where it uh you know ends up getting the di discount on top of that late and and the reason i say that is is we had the instance where we had uh the the warlock card the uh the the taunt that was one mana that when you uh when when you had ten cards or less and I'm drawing oh, the, a blank sca to, the scavenger the scavenger yeah and it was in it was incorrectly applying the discount after it had been reduced to one in in some certain instances and it should not have be ever been free is what they were saying and so they eventually fixed that so i think there are instances where it's there's supposed to be a static price for something and and there are cards like celestial alignment that make stuff a static price and then there are situational situations where they allow for for that to be reduced further and I, I don't know how you tell the difference between them necessarily outside of just, you know, having the game knowledge of actually having that happen. Yeah, it feels like that uh, order of operations kind of thing. Like, I don't know if either of you remember. I can't remember how long it's been. It feels like it's been quite a while now. I think it was either Alec or Ixar, maybe, that made a tweet a while ago about, like, or maybe it was even Celestalon, kind of the order of operations of how they look at certain things. And I think the tweet was mostly talking about like death rattles and, and when, cause it's, it's kind of like an order of operations stack. And I think that's really kind of the case of what's happening here, but it's, it's still like a weird thing. Like you're saying, there's different situations where it's like, because of the way the other cards are worded, 
it goes in a different order on that like order of operations stack so then it's it's like well wait that works one way over there but then it's a, a different thing over here and yeah it's just because i i think the way that each of the things are worded changes when it's applying or when it's being put in the stack for the uh order of operation so what throws me off about the paladin because like so so i'll make a comparison here like um when you discover something off of Rude Orb as a mage, it costs its full cost, right? Like there's no there's no discounts. It just costs X. You know, it you know you discover a fireball, it costs um uh you know, four. So like um what I where I'm getting at this is but like if you discover a uh Libram uh card um, as a paladin, and you've already played your um, Libram reductions, those cards cost less. Like, you, if you discover Libram of Wisdom yeah. after you've already when, played... Yeah, but, when Liadrin gives you those cards back... They all cost zero. Uh, they all cost zero, because you've yeah. done cost reduction that game. So yeah. that's, that's, where I, that's where it throws me off, because I feel like if that's the way it should be, it should should unifiably like that discount never goes away. Like those discounts shouldn't go away because it doesn't matter if the cards in your deck, because it says the Librams you play cost X less. Whereas like, like with the, I, I know we're going into a tangent about this. This is an interesting, like I just want to know if anyone has the insight, like I just want to know is that how it's intended? How it's functioning now? Is that how it's intended, or how it was before? Because really, that's that's where I'm curious. Is it bugged now, or was it bugged? I guess I, guess I don't know how it was working before, but my in, my instinct was that it was working this way the whole time, and so I I, I mean the Liadrin thing is like you're playing cards that you've already cast this game and you mm -hmm. that card has been given a reduction by other cards so I you know if you had somehow created a spell in mage that said your fireballs suddenly cost less and then you created a another fireball I would expect the fireball to cost the new fireball that you just discovered to cost less Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, now that I think of it, I can't swear without a doubt that they didn't play a Librum, Re Librum Reduction before they did it, but I that's how I interpreted it. I could, now, like I'm thinking about it, I can't say 100% that it hasn't been working all that this way the whole time now that I think about it, because you're saying, <laughs> like, I, but I, that's how I thought it worked. And then right. when and then when I played it, it worked differently. So that's where m there might be confusion on my end. But I still think the discussion's very legitimate as to like how should it work? Like it, it like that that is that is one that I'm like I wish they would I wish someone would clarify that with because with celestial celestial alignment is a card that just throws everything to the wind, right? It's just like. Uh, zero man everything costs one but what is that like apparently the weapon reduction moves over but why does it like i understand 
why it doesn't what it like um if like the feed or the forge born element the four four that reduces all the elements in your deck and hand by one um there you know i understand why that gets over in by celestial alignment i understand why encanter's flow gets um over overwritten by celestial alignment i don't get why the librams don't work so i'm like that's that's what i'm unclear of so <laughs> <laughs> and now we're like 15 minutes into me <laughs> trying to figure something out on air. So I apologize, everyone. Okay, let's continue. Howl's End returns to the tavern until November 9th. We have special bundles, legendary quests, free hero portrait among uh, among the treats. Fairy tale bundle is now available. You have hunter, mage, priest, and shaman, as well as uh, house and battlegrounds bundle featuring Gala Medivh are available. Uh, BG uh, bundle might not be available quite yet. Mage and I both didn't see it in our shops as of yet. So yeah, the, just... the wording on the on the post suggests that it like should be available right now, but. I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen anybody else saying they've gotten it. So it might it might be like a, a next week sort of thing. Yep. So just keep your eye on that. We'll let you know uh, next week if it came out before that. So um, Pirate King Garage is available for free in the shop. Um, Stormwind Guard Guff Battleground Portrait will be available on October twenty sixth. So we have three special tavern brawls for the uh, Howl's End event. So uh, this week on October 20th, we have Rise of the Zombies. Uh, October 27th, the Haunted Carousel. And November 3rd, the Headless Horseman Brawl. So I, I'm... It's a, su- it's a brand new brawl. The first like new brawl. One of the first new brawls we've had uh, since the beginning of the year. And there's some information about it. He's like directing a play or something, and you're using cards to to buff the actors that are in this play. It sounds sounds very very tavern brawlish. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Rise of the Zombies. That's like the one tavern brawl I will just literally play for hours. Like making zombies is like the funnest thing that our son has ever come up with. So Remember when we did that in standard? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? It was a thing we did. We used to do that. <laughs> Remember when you got the 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 spider and the fire bat <laughs> and that would keep clear the entire board? Uh uh just remembering silly combinations of zombies. So, but yeah, so that's back um the rotating one, I think, is the one where it rotates every turn. So, I'm I'm looking forward to these next couple ones. So, starting November second, embark on a legendary quest chain and collect four total packs: two United Stormwind and two Standard packs for completing three legendary quests. Dual class arena and Diablo invades duels and battlegrounds starting November second. Headless Horseman Uther and Arana uh, Starseeker Hero Portraits available in the shop. Uther Portrait is available for 1,000 gold or $7. Uh, 
Arana Starseeker Portrait and Cardback are available for 1500 gold or $10. Gallon tweets, no changes coming before Masters Tour Stormwind this weekend. Tweet reads, no balance changes planned before Masters Tour Stormwind this upcoming week- weekend. Good luck to everyone competing in the tournament. I think that even if Standard might need some uh, changes right now, it is very good that they are not changing it. Immediately the before week, the yeah. week before the week of the master, the master store. store, yeah. yeah. So well, I appreciate since we had so many changes already the cycle, like more than normal. I feel like too. Yes, yes, I agree a million percent. It has been a wild roller coaster ride <laughs> meta. So um, yeah, we'll we'll uh, good luck to those players, and I am so glad they're not having to. Uh, panic study uh, nerfs and testing. <laughs> so we have Ixar question and answer number 33. Um, Dean covered development, mercenaries, and releases among other topic. Regarding what to work on next, doing some BG work for now for new cosmetics and light progression. Also in early prototype stages for different modes of BG, but haven't landed on anything. We'd like to make tournaments for BG in client a way that could translate in other modes as well. All things being worked on or talked about, but not set in stone. Outside of that, always looking to client improvements and better support uh, of expansion releases. Want to find ways to exceed expectations for what expansions can be, rather than just meeting ex- expectations. Okay, did you guys hear that? Tournament mode, other <laughs> modes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that is the highlight message of yep. of this latest Twitter Q and A. Uh, definitely saw that screen capped and retweeted all over the place. Uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I'm glad they're looking at it. I, I really do feel like the client needs some sort of support for tournaments within it to make doing tournaments easier. And if, if the impetus of, or the reason to do it is battlegrounds and it eventually you know goes out and, and helps with other game modes uh whatever it takes i i you know i am not a huge tournament guy i'm not i don't i'm not one of those people that really was disappointed when they decided to shelve tournament mode but i i feel like there is support there does need to be support in the client for tournaments if not a full-blown tournament mode and to see them start to be talking about this again, I think is a very good sign. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I find it funny you bring up that it was like retweeted and, you know, screen captured and stuff. I don't know if anybody else saw it. Sottle retweeted that and talked about it. The best part about that was I like basically, you know, Sottle was kind of excited, right? Tournament mode and all that. So of course, you know, I replied with like my little, oh, excited kind of, you know, gif kind of thing. But Ixar just replied to Saddle and said, "What have I done?" And I just, yeah, I know, I know. I bet he immediately regretted saying that too. Like, uh oh, now we have yes. to. Like, the, we've stoked yeah. the fire. We let it the, die, the, 
and and the rumors, you know, the hope of like like that's like one of those like video game hopes of like you know people people wait and wait and wait and you either say nothing, you say it's canceled, or you hint at it, and if you hint at it, like people explode. This is like this is like. Half-Life 3, where people are like, oh my god, we can't <laughs> wait till Half-Life 3 comes along. It's coming. And Valve's like, nope, it's canceled. You don't have to worry about it from us. Like, that's the way you're going to do it. But now if you say you're looking into it, like, you have to do it now. Like, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to, like, people are going to be pissed. And, like, this is an opportunity to ride that hype train. But, like, I completely understand that that is probably a very large undertaking. Um, yeah, from a development and, and, standpoint, yeah. And and that's why I was trying to be specific in what I was saying. Where I'm talking about just support for tournaments in the client, as opposed to a full blown tournament mode feature within the game. One I think is a lot more attainable than the other, but. I will say, this sort of response to this question is like, here's this can of worms that's unopened, that finally got the cover back on, and Dean may have just cracked it open yeah, just Yeah, there. exactly. The worms come out. Well, it's like, it, that, what he did was, he didn't crack open the can of worms, he opened Pandora's box, it's like, I don't see what could go wrong, oh no! <laughs> what have I done? I've crossed the streams, I've crossed the streams! <laughs> He opened it and dumped it on our heads and said, "Oh, look at the look at the reaction that I've caused." Oh no! <laughs> and I'm uh, for it. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah. I, I think, like you're saying, Mage. I think even as a discussion, even as small incremental things, like like you're saying, any kind of additional support, even if it's not full blown, if it's just something that makes it easier to actually do or makes things a lot easier or more accessible for people to use the mode or do things within the mode i i, I feel like that's successful and, and a good thing and I, I i don't you know other than like obviously the the development side of it that i'm not i have no experience with so i'm not going to speak to that but from a player you know or person who loves the thing like that seems like a good thing to me yeah, yeah I, I mean we're, we we've seen some of the like some of what i'm talking about is actually already in the game I think about something like the locked in feature that we're seeing with regards to like the tavern brawls and mercenaries and stuff like here. Once you create a party or once you create a deck and you lock it in, you can't change it until it's done. Uh, it, it just being able to do that so that we can we can be assured that these are the four decks that, that you actually submitted and they have not been changed since since that point and it's just something something like that goes a long way towards helping with tournament support and so just being able to kind of implement things like that i think are things that are actually feasible and things that could be done uh without a huge huge lift of a full tournament mode and i would love to see those sorts of things implemented uh that that would allow for for this sort of thing yeah, like bands and stuff like that. And like if it's last hero standing, like you said you lock it in and then you all of a sudden you you lose with the deck. You can't use it again or it's conquest. You can't queue 
more like to it, to get rid of those unnecessary like DQ wins, you know, or losses. Like no one wants to, no one wants to win like that. I mean, obviously you'll take it in a competition, but you really you're not showing up for a tournament because you want to win on a technicality. Like you're, I, I could be completely wrong here, but with me when I go to a tournament. I want to win because I want to be good at what I'm doing. So, like, winning on a technicality is like, yeah, I did, I did, I won round one. How? It was a bye. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, okay, well, I, okay, good luck in round two, I guess. So, all right, let's continue on. Regarding look at what other games are doing all the time. We actually have a whole internal team called Game and Market Intelligence that gives pretty robust presentations on what's going on around the industry. Beyond that, we're all gamers, so we end up experiencing and sharing our uh, our other game content naturally. So, I mean, that just makes sense, right? <laughs> like, they, you're a company, you, you want to see what the competition's doing, and they're all gamers themselves, so they're like they're out there playing other video games with their time too. So it's it's that's cool. That's a, that's a very interesting insight too. Yeah, and, and the other thing is like if if you are seeing what other games are doing, then then those players are going to understand what you're doing if you do something similar. And so it's 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 one of those things where I think it's really important that. Like we're not talking about like directly copying things. We're talking about just having things that are intuitive to a player base and the player base is playing things beyond just Hearthstone. And so if they can, if they incorporate things uh, and they can incorporate them in a way that we're seeing across the industry, then it's going to be much easier for us to pick it up. And so just having those sorts of things, I think, make a lot of sense. But I've never heard them talk about the fact that they have this whole team within Blizzard that that goes and talks to what's going on in the gaming industry and the trends and, and different things like that. That I think I think that's really cool. And I while I'm not surprised that is going on, I I just knowing now knowing that that is, in fact, what's going on, I think is really cool. Okay, so um, regarding in the upcoming mini set, we'll have a mini set. Not ready to say when, but it's coming. <laughs> so it's coming. <laughs> I'm going to tweet out our United Stormweight Stockade. It's coming. <laughs> Don't forget the one above that, too, Daring. Oh, did I miss one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regarding, yep. Regarding increasing the class cap from 60, if we change class leveling system, I'd want to find a way to make it infinite or close to infinite so we don't have to address this uh, address and readdress the issue of some players hitting the cap easily and some players never reaching it. So, okay. All right. I went back. I read that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let's go into tournaments. Uh, what do we have, Dragon. Yeah, so I don't have much this week, uh, just because I talked about last week, we're kind of in a in a shift, uh, but we do have the big Masters Tour coming this weekend, so that is Masters Tour Stormwind this weekend, which is October 22nd through the 24th, 
the broadcast is starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time each of the days. So, uh, you know, heads up for a lot of us in the U.S. That might be kind of early for <laughs> for some people, especially on the Friday. Um, but you can earn up to two Year of the Phoenix card packs by watching uh, any of the official YouTube channels. So they have like, what, seven, eight different languages. So if you're watching any of those official language broadcasts, uh, you can earn those packs. First two hours you watch, you get the first pack. And then after two more hours, you get the second one. Um, I feel like it's kind of interesting that they're doing uh, Year of the Phoenix packs and not like just Stormwind packs, especially since this is Stormwind. But, uh, you know, okay, I, it's fine either way. Free packs. Free packs, free packs, free <laughs> packs. So um, that's that's all I got for tournaments. Just uh, the big one coming up this weekend. All right. So <laughs> I feel like uh, I assume Mage wrote that title because I think that's uh, too old of a reference for a Dragon Rider. It is to definitely get. too old of a reference for Dragon Rider. <laughs> she's looking at the notes right now i'm like wait i'm like i read it earlier let me go back and reread it yes um please enlighten us mage i quick let me go get some beer bottles first (laughs) (laughs) so the topic this week we are going to be talking about warriors we've got a new hero portrait for warrior the the pirate king garrosh we've seen pirates on the ladder and uh, the Warriors, they've come out and play. Oh, come on. You got to yeah. do it. If you wrote it down yes, like that, yes, you I did do say it. it. I said, yes. It's Warriors come out and play. There like we go. That. You yes, got to say it exactly. like that. You got to okay. say it like that. So. What, what is the reference? There's a movie, I think it's 1978, uh, called The Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. Uh, no, the movie is called The Warriors. Right. Um, I, I, uh, 1979, no, I, excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was I was re- more referencing the, the date. It was I knew it was late 70s, early, early, early 80s. But yeah. yes, it was. Okay, there, there's no way that you two are <laughs> that much older than me. Come on now. Okay, so I, so well, the the reason the reason why I like that I know about it. Well, there's it's one of those movies that has like floated around in like pop culture and like more culty kind of stuff and made references that I saw when I was younger. Also, the big thing was they re they made a video game for it uh, for PlayStation Two by Rockstar, like, and this was like a big thing in like the early 2000s and they re-released the movie so like it got a big re-release uh in their like the mid 2000s so that's why i've seen the warriors it's a phenomenal movie though you should go like you should rent it buy it go watch it it's it's a phenomenal film there's a cooperative board game based on it there's there's been video games for it yeah there's mm-hmm. been it was re-released it's 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 been around for a while and like i i don't remember there being like a ton of like huge actors and actresses in it but i just remember it being very uh definitely a movie that i remember 
seeing probably a little younger than I probably should have seen it actually because okay. it's <laughs> it's uh it's not um yeah it's it's a little kids aren't violent. the target audience <laughs> yeah 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 that that yeah so in any event okay. we're talking about warriors this week because they went from totally non-existent uh, on ladder to actually being very ladder viable. I mean, we, uh, since the latest round of balance patches, we talked about it a few weeks ago. We pulled you, the audience, about it and asked who you thought was was the biggest beneficiary of the balance changes. And uh, Warrior was the winner of that poll. And, and I do sort of feel that way because, like, there is like four four really solid decks that you can play if you want to play Warrior right now on ladder. And most of those decks have solid to, to good matchups into many of the tier one and tier two decks uh, that, that you currently see if you look at um, HS Replay or Vicious Syndicate. And uh, yeah, the, these are, you know, a couple of these are sitting in tier two. Couple of these are sitting in like tier three, and so it's 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 time we give Warrior some due because it's been a while, right? It's it's like I don't remember seeing much in the way of Warriors since since we've since rotation when we when we lost all those really great control tools and uh, and that so. Well, <laughs> yeah. so it's Stormwind, right? Since Stormwind came out, because um, Rush Warrior was very well. Yeah, Ru- yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Rush, yeah. I guess Rush Warrior was was pretty good uh, for for a while during during Barons. That is correct. Yeah. But yes the the initial release of uh, of uh, United and Stormwind saw Warrior just kind of well. One, people don't like necessarily playing the same deck they played the previous expansion after the first couple days and that sort of thing. And so, and then there was lots of excitement about the quests and 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 the the pirate quest didn't exactly take off uh, for Warrior in standard, uh, in part because there were kind of uh, a few less pirates uh, that you would want to play, and so. So I thought we'd go through, let's talk about these four versions of Warrior that you could be playing right now, some of the differences in them, and, uh, you know, some of the cards so you can tell the difference between them, and that sort of thing. So uh, let's let's start off with kind of the most aggressive option, which is the aggro pirate warrior quest, quest pirate warrior, I guess I should say. And, uh, you know, that's going to be aggressive. It's very low curve. Uh, you can, I, I've seen lists that basically top out at five mana with Anchorman. There's also um, a version that I've seen Vicious Syndicate uh, promote that, that says, hey, Troublemaker's a good card. And, and sometimes you need to kind of a finisher for, for Pirate Warrior beyond the, the Rakara and the Juggernaut. And... You know, a six eight that creates uh, two three threes every turn until it's removed uh, is a pretty good uh, is a pretty good way to to close out a game. So um, this is this is probably the one. Or I haven't played this one very much. I when I initially tried playing uh, Warrior, uh, 
I tried this and I could not get a win to save my life in standard. Um, there's some great tools with the with the buff to the blood sale, uh, the blood sale card that reduces the cost of of the weapon. Uh, I, I think that is the blood sale deckhand. That that's a really really good one drop and and really starts you out. The fact that you can basically, if you have it set up, you can you know. A lot of times the way you can set it up is you can actually use this card on turn one or turn two and then be able to play that weapon, uh, you know, the four cost weapon right on turn three because you've already kind of preloaded those, uh, uh, you know, cost reduction on the weapon uh, that you know you're going to draw when you uh, finish the first leg of the quest. So. What do you guys think? Do you, do you, have you, I'm assuming you've seen this deck. What do you think of this deck? Um, seems, seems like a really, really solid option. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it, um, while playing mage and this is the, that version of the deck is really the only one I've lost to, um, without me being stupid. <laughs> um, because if it's the other version, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, quest completion is a very important thing for Mage and your timing of that in, in the other matchup. But this other deck just puts it puts pressure on the board. It gets on the board and it basically does not get off of it. Um, some of the like the the buffs are been really, really, really beneficial. Um, like with the uh, the Stormwind Freebooter being a 3-4 with, you know, things like, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Fire Sail floating around. And we've seen a lot less Warlock, so you have to worry about Soul Rend a lot less. <laughs> um, and uh, South Sea Captain. South Sea Captain is just a, a champ <laughs> in that deck. <laughs> Like, he hits the board, and if there's, like, that's an instant, like, plus three, plus three on the board, and it's it's nuts. So, like, South Sea Captain's really good when you have a lot of pirates on board, and boy howdy, does that have, this deck have it in, in spades. And then it has, even has cheap and effective removal for for the board with Shiver, Shiver Their Timbers and the Fog Sail Freebooter. Um, I've seen, you know, a deck run coerce, um, nitro boost poison. So like that's different versions of the deck, but like, yeah, the, the card has, or the deck has efficient removal in the early game, has some fairly, uh, decent late game with Rakara. And I guess if you throw in the, um, if you throw in the troublemakers, like, the deck feels like it has a, a way to fight for board, like on every turn, and like depending on like what weapons it runs, some of them run the uh, the scythe, the four two scythe. Um, I've seen um, the uh, outrider's axe as well. So I mean, it, there's there's a few different ways you could play it, but like, yeah, that that deck feels very good and very consistent at getting the quest done. So that that is that is the deck I feel most impressed by out of out of all of them. Yeah, I think the uh 
the really low curve early one is <laughs> it's, it's like you said it's very good at getting out there early kind of staying on the board but it does have that issue and i think that's probably why you know mage you've seen that suggestion of maybe putting troublemakers in it does if it gets the, like the longer the game goes the harder it is to close out the game because the longer the game is going that generally means your opponent has been clearing your stuff right so you haven't been able to push all the damage to close the game yet uh so it, it that kind of tracks with the history i guess of you know lower curve more decks that just are focused solely on that initiative getting on board being the aggressor in the matchup and and pushing that pressure uh, but i think it's pretty solid especially as a deck that you could just use to work on maybe climbing to legend um, i think probably as you get further into legend it's, it's going to become less and less effective but if you're looking for you know an easy deck to just pick up it's fairly cheap in terms of uh i don't think it's running a ton of legendaries and and that kind of stuff right pretty much just like i'm looking at yeah. it on hs replay the the there, it's between twenty eight hundred and twenty nine hundred dust. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's a pretty cheap deck. So I I definitely think this has been a solid one. And that's um, and, and, I, and keep in mind the quest is sixteen hundred uh, of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, that, so that's uh, more than half of it right there. Exactly. Yeah. So I I think it's been pretty good. I've been surprised by how aggressive it can be. Um, in, in some of it, especially like. Uh, Daring said, I've, I have seen some of the lists running like Nitro Boost Poison to just really capitalize on that damage. And who, when they get that, it's like, okay, all of a sudden uh, they play a Nitro Boost and that Captain and uh, push a lot of damage. And especially if you that... have the Scythe equipped too, that becomes a seven damage Scythe that could potentially clear a board. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, the thing that's kind of interesting to me is I. I, I'm looking at like the vicious syndicate list uh, that does include the troublemaker. I'm actually surprised by the amount of card draw that is in the deck, and 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 you know usually when you're looking at, at decks like this that are very kind of low curve focused, I, I think of like Murloc, Paladin in the past, and different things like that. You were very much kind of relying on the top decks a lot of times, where to kind of keep going, and and. I mean, I you can't say enough about Harbor Scamp. That is a, a, the the two mana two two that draws another pirate from your deck uh, is just a very that that is the two drop that you would like to play yeah. to follow up the the raid the raid the docks on one, and and it just you have you have uh, you know the cutting class in here. You could potentially run Anchorman that is a pirate that can frenzy draw you a card. You've got you know, potentially athletic studies to discover a, a rush minion and stuff like that. And so it's like, I, I'm actually surprised by the, uh, that there is a, a, you can keep your hand full enough to get all the way to Rikara in a lot of cases. And then it's like, it, it, is, it is, the biggest thing is, is are, your, are your boards continually getting removed? In which case then, you know, having a troublemaker is really nice or hopefully you can make that final push or they've run out of ways to remove it. So the, uh, the Rikara and, and the Juggernaut can help you, can help you get there. 
Let's move to the more control version of of the Quest Warrior. This is uh, definitely less aggressive. It's got more uh, removal tools. Uh, it still has that pirate package in it because you know that's it, it's still built around the quest. So you still potentially want to complete that quest, and and your win and one of your kind of win conditions is is the uh is the quest um uh and the the juggernaut and that but you you tend to see you know you still have like the best pirates you still have the harbor scamp in there you've still got uh cargo guard which is the three mana card that actually gains you armor at the end of the turn you still have sword eater because it's a really good taunt plus a weapon you've got all those sort of things but then it starts to mix in more more control tools you know you've got uh things like brawl you've got rancor you've got you could potentially have uh sour fang in this list you could have Crash. Uh, if you're running Sourfang, you probably are running Crash because of the uh, the the uh, armor plus the potential of resummoning it with Sourfang, and uh, you know Lord Barov potentially could be in this list. So it's it it's definitely got uh, you know it's more mid range to more controlling sort of focused, but it still has that pirate package, uh, the pirate set of minions. Mo many of the minions, most of the minions are are, are still pirate based, so you can still complete the quest. So I I have seen this list a few times. Uh, if you're running a real board focused deck, this can kind of suck to play against because of the removal tools that it has, while still having that inevitability of the quest complete completing. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that I think this is. I prefer the more aggressive style, but this is this is definitely a, a different way that you could go with with the quest, and and it is and it is workable. Yes, uh, I I have been thinking of this one as kind of the grab bag of the decks, where you know you can you might have like three or four of those brown paper bags, the, the top stapled, and you grab one. And it's like, All right. <laughs> What are we going to get in this? Am I going to open this bag? And it's, uh, there's some removal tools. Okay. Am I going to open this, this bag and start the game with some pirates? Okay. All right. The next one, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it's pretty solid, but it feels definitely a little bit more, uh, difficult, I think, to play and really maneuver the matchups than it is just playing the, uh, the more initiative focused one. Um, just because there's a limited number of the pirates, a limited number of the removal stuff, and you really kind of have to be a little bit more picky and choosy on how you're using each of those resources. Um, and I, I do feel like sometimes the lack of pirates feels like it slows down the quest completion a little bit. Not that it's always a bad thing, but that that is a slight drawback I felt running running that list because i did give that one a, a good try as well i did too and that's kind of what i felt too it's like it makes some matchups better but those are few and far between and like the the good matchups are made worse 
So I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather, I think at this point in time, if I'm going to go control, I'm just going to go full control with Warrior. If I want to play Pirates, I'm going to play full Pirates. And that's my personal opinion. And that's from my testing of the deck. And I was playing it on Legend Ladder too. So like, I got some experience with it. So let, so let's jump into the full control warrior. Uh, so that is going to remove the quest. It's going to remove most of, if not all of the pirates. Uh, you know, you obviously, there are some that are just like, like sword eater that are probably just good enough to be in there regardless. Uh, adds frenzy tools like crash Sourfang definitely are in this. You could see mutanus in this. And then the big man himself, Rattlegore, is in here because, of course, you got to have that scream. And like the version, the version I'm looking at here from HS Replay has a faceless manipulator. So you're trying to potentially faceless manipulate your Rattlegore as a as a potential win condition. But this has got a lot of tools, uh, removal tools. You know, it's got the minefield, it's got the bladestorm, you know, this has the bulwark of Azanoth, as well as a Corsair cache to help you find it. Rancor, Brawl, all of the all of the uh Warriors best hits when it comes to removal cards, and then it's got just a kind of select few big minions uh to to uh to to help you get there. This this is also very much a wallet warrior type deck because all of the control tools tend to be, you know, epics or legendaries. So uh, like Vicious Syndicate's uh, list, just for comparison, remember aggro quest pirate warrior was under 3000 dust. This one clocks in at over 14,000 dust. So it is, Ooh. it is very much Ooh. expensive. There are, four six seven legendaries in this deck uh if you're looking at the vicious syndicate list and and a lot of epics to go as well so um yeah it's it's if you want this is this is definitely control this is you have to manage these resources that you have you and use them to their utmost you're going to be gaining lots of armor and then you're trying to set up a win condition that, that's probably going to be based around Rattlegore to help you win. So I have not seen this one very much. I, I think it's seeing more play at Legend rank than it is outside of Legend, partly because of cost. Partly, I think the matchups uh, in Legend are a little bit more favorable to this list, uh, to a more control warrior list than not. I think... Think oh this is a a counter to Garrett Rogue if I mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly and so since that is really popular especially a top legend uh, this is this is where that deck makes an appearance yeah I yeah it, it feels like it can do massive damage against Garrett Rogue so <laughs> I get it um I'm trying to think. I I I feel like there, I feel like it does have some good matchups because it still has the early game removal, so you could you can make the argument that it holds up well against uh, things like uh, Face Hunter. It could hold up good against Face Hunter depending on how you know how it's built or how they draw. Um, it can it can hold up against the aggressive decks, right? Because you have you still have you know like you said the the classic 
the 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 hits of warrior with the brawl and you know bear off and then you know you know so there's there's plenty of ways to clear boards and, and gain armor especially with that heavy plate um so like i feel like some of the it can survive long enough to get a cowardly grunt off on turn five or six or a commencement on turn six or seven and then all of a sudden we're talking big warrior right or am i losing we're my not mind? we're talking about control warriors still. yes i'm no uh, yeah nope nope i i lost my train of thought for one second and that's what i get yes so it it like the mutinous is great as a in there as as the punish right if someone completes like it, it's there to punish mage because what do, what minions does mage run nothing if you complete <laughs> yeah if you complete your quest after turn seven as mage play it immediately or it's getting mutinous against warrior like a control style warrior so like that's and that's the only way they can hang in right is by catching you um with you making a mistake so but um uh i mean it it feels like it it feels like it has a position especially now since uh warlock has kind of been pushed to the back burner like that that like if you come against uh if you come up against warlock you're not going to win that game they just have inevitability it's you're not going to win but it, i feel like it has a good position in a lot of other matchups so and like you can survive long enough with uh, enough board clears with it so yeah like the matchup for Control Warrior into Quest Mage is the absolute worst. And then second to that is the, you know, the quest handlock. So yeah, if you're if you're seeing a lot of those on ladder, probably don't want to give this one a try. But if you're not seeing those and you're seeing other stuff, yeah, you're probably gonna have some good matchups. And I think we've also kind of been seeing this a bit more in uh like some qualifiers and i know there was a decent amount a handful or more uh in like the collegiate tournaments that uh were bringing this as well so kind of like you're saying like the matchups could be good on ladder kind of depending on what you're seeing but uh so it's kind of it's kind of a an iffy one for ladder but i do think that uh the matchups have gotten a little bit better for it on ladder and also in tournaments where you can ban something and build a lineup to target stuff. It's definitely seeing some uh, more play there as well. All right. And now finally we are going to go to big warriors. So it's uh, <laughs> this is, so we saw cowardly grunt and we're like, Oh my God, cowardly grunt. Why, why, why? And now we know cowardly grunt. It is, it is actually kind of what's making Big Warrior work. Uh, it is kind of the tutor to the big, big minions that along with commencement are the, the two ways you cheat out those big minions. Typically you're running between three and five big minions. Uh, Rattlegore, two troublemakers are the minimum three. The additional two minions you might run in addition to the cowardly grunts are either a scrapyard colossus or the Moarg Forge Fiend. Um, it it's kind of depends. It, it sounds like Vicious Syndicate has said that Colossus is a little bit better than that. I, and then their option is you either run Colossus or you don't. And 
they they said that Colossus is great if you're playing against paladins and shamans, as well as other warriors. If you are seeing more rogues and you're seeing more mages, then Scrapyard Colossus isn't necessarily as important. You want to make sure that you're getting your Rattle Gore or you're getting your Troublemaker out from the Cowardly Grunt or Commencement. So, so you would run with that streamlined uh, three big minion package. But otherwise, you have nothing but spells and weapons, specifically removal stuff. So I actually played this at the beginning of October and, and had a fair amount of success with it for, for quite a ways on ladder. Uh, I, I, I like big decks. I, I like paying nothing for free big minions to come out onto the board. And there is nothing finer than a, uh, than a free troublemaker coming onto the board that your opponent then suddenly has to deal with. Um, the other card that's actually really nice with the Cowardly Grunt is Provoke. It is an epic uh, zero mana card that makes a opposing minion or minions attack your minions. So you attack you you play the card on your minion, and then the uh, minions on the opposite side of the board have to attack it, which is which is really kind of cool. That card's also tradable, so in the early game, if you don't need it those first couple turns, and you're looking for your Cowardly Grunt or your Commencement, you can use that to potentially help you find it. Um, this one, uh, just the two Legendaries, you're, you're also, in addition to Radagor, running the Bulwark, because sometimes you need that extra turn or two to to potentially keep you alive long enough to find the removal you need or start the uh, the commencement slash uh, Scrapyard Colossus train of minions or something to, to, to help keep you, um, keep, keep you safe. But this has got Rancor, this has got Brawl, Heavy Plate, the, the three mana... Uh, gain eight armor that's also tradable. It's got minefield and blade storm in the early game as well. So th this is actually this this is this is it. It feels a little bit like a control deck in the early game. In the first few turns, you're basically trying not to get rushed down too quickly, while trying to find that cowardly grunt or the commencement, so that starting on turn with the coin five or turn six. You can you can start playing these big minions that your opponent suddenly has to deal with, and uh, low key athletic studies finding Cargath Blade Fist that then puts the big Cargath Blade Fist in your in your uh, <laughs> into your deck is also a very nice uh, minion to to get because it doesn't start in your deck, so you don't get the four four out uh, when you pull it. It ends up being the the big eight eight that gives you. Uh, it gives you 10 armor as well. So uh, I, I like this deck. I, I like I, I like it quite a bit. As far as control decks go, these are the kinds of control decks I actually feel like I, I have some ability to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best thing is when you get that Cargath, <laughs> uh, you get that, that Cargath Prime against Face Hunter, and then you get a bunch of armor, and then you watch them concede, and it's fantastic. <laughs> uh but <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to do with that deck um yeah it it can definitely feel like uh a little slow going in the beginning of the games like you're saying um kind of feel like you're not really doing much or you might just be kind of armoring it first 
Um, they're I, I like in terms of what you want to keep. Yeah, <laughs> grunt. Like I almost would say, pretty much you just keep it in like basically every matchup. You just yeah keep grunt. It's the most important card in the deck, right? Yeah, like and, and it's funny because you said earlier. You know, we're looking at it going, why do we want this? <laughs> and now we're like, keep it in every matchup. It's so good. <laughs> yep. You know, like, yep. yeah, it, it really is. It's It makes such a difference if you've played the deck or if you've seen it, you know. But when if you, if you want to take this deck and, and play it some, you definitely notice a difference, the games you have it and the games you don't have it. So it's it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, that's... That is for sure a, a card that you should be looking at and keeping because it makes a huge difference in that matchups or in the in that deck specifically. I'm sorry, I couldn't get my to my mute button. <laughs> um it is definitely um it, it to me the the deck is just a control deck that you you play control with until you have a win con <laughs> where we're like control is you like you just keep answering, 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 you know, out armoring. And then this is like, well, I do that in the early game and then I just drop ridiculous minions you can't deal with in the time frame. I deal, you know, drop them like, yeah, here's 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 a rattle that came down on turn six. How are you dealing with that? Oh, you're not? Well, it looks like you're going to die then. <laughs> yes. So looks it's, like he's it, going to be screaming his way into your face for the remainder of the game. Exactly. It's more like screaming into my heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is, it's it's a fun, I feel like it's a fun deck. I've always enjoyed Big Warrior. Um, this is certainly a, a, a very viable deck when you're not playing against mage <laughs> when you're like mage is probably the worst matchup and i have farmed some big warriors <laughs> in my recent history because i'm seeing more of them and uh that that is you probably your worst matchup but yeah, the matchup spread is pretty similar to just the control warrior for this one that's what I thought. Yeah, it's it because I mean they essentially kind of do the same thing, except for um, mage uh, control warrior has the like the inevitability with the with the you know the 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 armor gain and you know the board all the extra board clears. Whereas this has the the minion damage. There's a definite there's a definite path, and if you if it gets removed, then you're not going to win. Like you, you can still run your opponent out of resources if you're, um, if you're playing um, control. You can't do that with. Um, <laughs> you can't. You can't run. You generally can't run your opponent out of resources if they're able to remove every single threat you put down. But I think this is my favorite variation on the on warrior right now. I haven't played a lot of it, but it is. Um, that the the ability to you know cowardly grunt on five and then potentially proc it immediately, like being able to hit hit a scrapyard colossus or you know troublemaker immediately or hell even another um, cowardly grunt and just keep that train rolling like it's still a six two, 
it's easy to remove, but it still does six damage, right? <laughs> like it's not like it's not something they can ignore. <laughs> they can if they can ignore a six damage minion, well then you're probably not in a good place anyways. <laughs> so um yeah. So I, I like this deck a lot. The other thing I'll, I'll say just real quick about this deck is is really I think the Kia to winning games with it is recognizing and using the best removal tool for the option uh, available or for the board available because some of the tools like Bladestorm, like Minefield, uh, Brawl, Rancor, you have these really great tools, but they they don't work great in all situations and like you know brawl i think i feel like is like you know the the <laughs> is is like the big the big hammer but you have these other tools that are available and 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 uh, one thing i found is you don't have to get like 10 12 armor out of rancor for it to be useful and so Look at the board, and if it make and you have Rancor, and it makes sense to Rancor, even if you're getting four, six armor, if that allows you to then set up that following turn to where you can commencement or you can troublemaker or or or, or whatever, go ahead and do it. I I've lo I lost a couple games where I I didn't leverage the tool the removal tools in the correct way to to best utilize them. And if you end up going to the brawl first, that ends up a lot of times being kind of the downfall of the deck, because later on in the game, some of those you're you're gonna need a brawl, and you're not gonna have the brawl. So so leverage the blade storm, leverage the the minefield, leverage the you know uh, some of those the rancor. Leverage those tools as best you can, even if it doesn't completely clear the board. If it clears enough of the board to keep you alive and going so that you can get to the, the big turns that you have, that that's the way you should do it. See, that's how you play Control Warrior. <laughs> You're describing <laughs> Control Warrior. The, the fundamentals of brawl management. like Yes. Like metering your removal and just like it's... Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do as a control deck is like judge and successfully meter and um, estimate what you can like how greedy you can get with what your hand looks like and what's in your deck. So like that's one of my favorite things about playing a control deck That's a, a, that I absolutely love. So that's one of the reasons I like this deck. Yeah, and you can really uh, screw up your opponent too if they've got a bunch of big minions. Throw your bulwark of Azanoth on there, and then they have then they're wasting all this damage. Tell tell you know if you need to just stay alive for a turn in order to be able to get to a brawl or get to the a situation where you could get there. I've used brawl in the early game against like face hunter just to give me an opportunity to stabilize and get those big minions down so that I can potentially win a game. So it, it's, I have apparently the mental fortitude to actually be able to play control decks. It just never feels like I can do it very well. But for this, this one, I, I actually had some decent success with, so I I'm happy with myself for that. Awesome. Okay, well, we're at like an hour ten right now, so let's <laughs> let's wrap it up. We've had a good conversation. Yeah, that's 
that's that's when you know it's good. It just flows, and we look over like, oh wow, we should probably we should probably wrap it up right now. So, Mage, what do we have for this week's poll question? All right, so this week's poll question, obviously warrior focused. We've t- we talked about the warrior decks, uh, and we want to know: Have you played any warrior? Uh, any warrior games since the latest balance patch we we like i said we we did a vote said they were the big winners of the most recent balance changes so have you played any games with warrior yes or no are your options vote let us know and we will share the results on next week's show speaking of the show you can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at dr3hs Follow our top pin tweet, and that'll take you to the Dr. 3 Discord. And you can find myself on Twitter and Twitch sometime, maybe in the future, at Daring Alkaline. So, um, Dragon Rider, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider DK. And talking all about mercenaries over at Spirit Healer, a mercenaries, a Hearthstone mercenaries podcast. Yay. I was going to make sure you plug that. (laughs) And and Mage, will you take us home? Yes. So you can find me talking about Hearthstone, Battlegrounds, mercenaries, D&D, other video games I'm playing on Twitter. I am at Majadeth. Guys, thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week. And again, as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three. Warriors, come out and...